Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good afternoon, ACB Media participants. My name is Mark Miller. I'm calling from the suburbs of Chicagoland, and I'm terribly excited to share with everyone my unique uh, teaching method for blind and visually impaired students. A little background, I've been teaching distance lessons for over 20 years, almost 20 years to the date, and I've been teaching blind and visually impaired students for about 15 years, and I'm terribly excited uh, about the potential of, you know, getting a few more students and changing the quality of life. It's very rewarding for me to bring music to people, particularly piano playing, uh, to students who wouldn't ordinarily think they could play. I'll get into the specifics of my method a bit, but... um, very briefly, my background is I started piano when I was six. A lot of people ask me, how long have you been playing piano? And I said, well, let's see, I started when I'm six. I'm 12 now. So that's uh, six years, I think. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I've been uh, playing and teaching. Well, I've been playing 50 years almost, and I've been teaching for 40, and about 20 of those has, have been distance. So the distance really works out well, particularly, obviously, with um, blind and visually impaired students. Uh, nothing's more convenient. You can just pick up your phone or get on Zoom or Skype and um, basically study with a master jazz pianist and um, get into some details of my lesson. But that's, uh, that's, that's actually where we're at. Uh, what was I going to say? Anyway, if you have any questions, please, uh, please don't hesitate to ask. I love questions. Uh, hopefully I can answer some of them. So very briefly. Um, we do I'm have a raised th- hand. Okay, perfect. Uh, Jeanette. You may unmute. You could have waited. I would have given him a chance to start, but okay. curiosity <laughs> killed the cat. I have uh-huh. been taking lessons for quite a while, and I, I love my piano instructor. Hmm. But I listened to your um, – oh, you did a podcast recently. I can't remember where. Um, and I was – Maybe blind abilities. That was probably it. And Mm -hmm. I was quite intrigued Mm. by your whole process. But here's why. One of the things that I am trying to be better at and failing half miserably Mm. is improv. Mm. And once you've explained to people what you do, I would be curious to see how for someone like me who wants to work on that skill, how I could use your method to improve that skill. Because to me, that was one of the things I was most intrigued with. Hmm. Thank you for the question. Great question. Yeah. Um, To me, everything's based off chords. So when you improvise, you are, you know, maybe using chord tones. Okay, there's also scalar improvisation. We have to know what key you're in. Right, so there's different ways to approach the improv, but to me, the chords have to be second nature. So that's actually a great question to start me on my system. But basically, if you were a beginner, never really played before, you would learn all of your three-note chords, and I'll get to more details on your improv question, but you would learn all of your three-note chords the very first lesson or two. So basically what I've do, done is I've, 
group the chords into color characteristics. So for example, group one is all white notes. C, F, and G major. Group two has a sharp in the middle. Group three is Oreo cookies. Right, black, white, black. And group four is, there's no common color characteristic. And as I'm learning and teaching more and more blindside, I realize the piano is the ultimate, uh, I just learned this phrase, like bump, uh, bump dot, is that what they call them? I think, you know, I mean, you can feel, obviously, the blacks are elevated above the, above the whites. So basically, you learn, my sister, is you learn that this, the 12 major triads, like your name, you're going to name them out loud so you remember them. And then, just like when we learn to read, perhaps Dr. Seuss, right, we learn the word cat, sat, bat. Once you get your majors, like your name, then you get the minor by just moving one note. You get the augmented by moving just one note. And you get the sus four. Okay, so you get three of the remaining four triads, triad being a three-note chord. Um, you get the remaining three of the four triads by moving just one note. So it's not unreasonable at all to learn all 60 of your triads in the first month of lessons. And then from there, we look for patterns. I don't, again, I'll get to your improv question, but that's basically uh, where we start. You learn all your triads, okay? So, and we learn by patterns in general. So for example, I've aggregated dozens of songs that use this pattern. I call it drop the pinky. I'm gonna play a chord with my left hand. And I'm just going to drop my pinky finger in the left hand, just a half a step each. Right? And this is all the songs that use that pattern. All right, Stairway to Heaven. This is one of dozens. Here's another one. Feelings, right? Here's another one. My Funny Valentine. Okay, so uh, I want to minimize or pattern. I want to look for patterns in the left hand, so with minimal movement, so we can focus on the melody because the melody, those are all unique, right? I mean, every single melody is its own melody. But if we look for songs that have these patterns, we can relegate the left hand to almost muscle memory and then focus on the right hand. So music is very, very patterned, extremely patterned, but you don't get to that. When you're reading dots on a page, right? You, but that's all, those are all chords just being broken up. So the most expeditious way of learning the piano is to learn your chords and then uh, minimal reading in the right hand. Although I have a couple ways that I teach blind students that there's no reading. For example, uh, you know, I've, I've recorded some audio files where I'll just say the, the melody notes out loud, like E, B, 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 C, B, A. Right? There's many different ways to teach, you know, visually impaired. Um, some students have a real good ear, but I, I really stress the theory. It's not just drop the pinky. You'll know the names of those chords and you'll, I'll send you songs or we'll do songs that you know the melody from or enjoy playing. And then basically, you know, it's a big sound. All right, to play four notes simultaneously, the first couple lessons. You know, if you take traditional classical, you're talking months. We don't have months. We have a couple lessons. If you're not playing something you're familiar with. Okay, so I love the challenge as a teacher to find a song that is absolutely loved by the student, but also minimal movement, right? And these patterns. There's about four, five different patterns in music, believe it or not, 
that encompasses probably 80% of all songs. And, you know, I took classically as a kid, age six to 16, but I quit three times because I wasn't getting the Beatles, boogie, boogie blues, right? Now I can look at a classical piece and go, oh, this is A minor, E major, back to A minor. Okay, so our strength is, is um, you know, understanding concepts, right? We don't need to unscrew something from the wall, lefty, loosey, righty, tighty, right? I don't need to unscrew something from the wall every day. I know that concept. Well, if you learn three or four very practical theoretical concepts, you're off to the races. And it's very exciting because I have a lot of students who study as kids and they're like, wow, I never learned this. Well, I never did either, but I found a great jazz teacher at age 20. He used to play all the jazz clubs here in Chicago. And he's really the reason I can, you know, make a living with my doing my passion. <laughs> I also you know, do a lot of performing as well, but uh, very quickly, Again, anyone has any questions, please let me know. But you know, I went to Grand Cayman Island right out of college, and the guitar player was from Berkeley, great jazz guitar player. He said, Mark, play something from memory. I couldn't play one song from memory. I was 23. I'm sure some of you can relate to this. I could read. I knew my chords. I could improvise a bit. You know, But no one showed me circle of fifths, drop the pinky technique, all these concepts that are basically – you know, in every song, whether it's George Gershwin, Billy Joel, you name it. And so it was rather embarrassing. I have been playing piano 17 years. Okay. But in teaching and learning how to memorize quickly, uh, circle of fifths, two, five ones. I don't know if this means anything to students, but basically it's, it's concepts that are in every song. Right. So here's another couple of songs that use drop the pinky, for example. Uh, here's one. Blue Skies, Irving Berlin. Uh, here's another one. All right, so I have a, a 10-year-old Louise I teach in, in my studio here in uh, Chicago suburbs. And um, you know, she's just a delight to teach. And uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, her grandparents will tell you I'm changing her life. I mean, it's just music is the best thing in the world, right? But again, it's all about the teacher. It really is. Had I not found my jazz teacher at age 20, I would probably be driving a UPS truck. I'm certainly not going to be making a living playing classical. <laughs> so. We do have another hand raised. Oh, if great. you're ready to take a question. Yes, please. Okay. Melinda, you may unmute. And oh, no, not unmuted. There you are. Um, okay. Um, Mark, uh, my question is, um, have you ever uh, gotten a... Uh, blind uh, or visual impaired uh, student who couldn't afford to pay for lessons? Well, now that's an interesting question. I, have a, I go to, I'm a member of this Bible study and we've been, I've been kind of praying about how to give back. So the answer is, the quick answer is I always give a free 30 minute, no obligation uh, lesson to all students, absolutely no obligation um, and try and motivate them. Uh, I do offer Many different uh, budget options, actually. I am starting to offer what I call buddy lessons, where if you and a best friend or someone would like to take a lesson at the same time, the rate per hour will go down. Uh, most of my students take an hour lesson every other week. So, uh, you know, even if you were to go to a local piano teacher, you're going to pay 35 a half hour, basically, who doesn't necessarily know how to teach blind students. Um, what else do I offer? Flex lessons, where, okay, uh, let's say, 
you want to just take a, one lesson a month. Okay. Whatever works for your budget. Um, you know, I'm happy to do. I just got a new student in France. She's actually from the, from Ghana, the country of Ghana, and uh, she speaks really good English. Anyway, she's like, you know, I'm a student. I can't afford, you know, lessons every two weeks, but I really want to study. And so she's going to do flex lessons. Again, it's up to her once a month, once a year, whatever you want. So to answer your question, um, I don't, or I really haven't given away too many free lessons, but I think we could find, you know, um, a budget that would work for you. But again, I'm happy to give you a free 30 minutes. Um, this is my passion. I love it. If you ask any of my students, <laughs> You know, I, run, I almost always run over an hour. I'm like, oh, I got another student or I'd give you more time. That's just who I am. And that's I'm very blessed to be able to, to make a living, uh, you know, and that's my legacy. My legacy is going to be teaching blind students. I mean, there's some of the best pianists ever. George Shearing, Ray Charles, Art Tatum, some of the best student piano players ever. Stevie Wonder, right? We're blind. Diane has uh, her hand raised as well. So I hope that answered your question, Linda. And we can talk further if you'd like to talk. I'm happy. Oh, yeah, it does. Thank you, Mark. Um, so I came in a few minutes late, and um, so I am totally interested. Uh, obviously, you do virtual lessons. Yes, thank you. And do you assess the student before you start? Because I have some experience, but I've n not had like formal lessons. Mm -hmm, mm hmm. Yeah. I always say free 30 minute, no obligation lesson, but it obviously it can be a combination of, you know, you playing, me telling what, you know, I want to know what you, you know, so I can, I can determine what to send you and how to teach you. But yeah, it's a consultation slash. Yeah. I forgot to tell you, uh, tuition does include, uh, I have over 400 um, video instructional videos and I have over 500 audio podcasts. And I basically did the audio podcast with blinds, you know, my visually impaired students and in, in, in interest. And I'm like, wait a minute, duh, they can still hear the, you know, the uh, YouTube videos. They just can't necessarily see it. So basically 500 audio podcasts, 400, almost a thousand instructional, um, you know, podcasts that students, it's part of the tuition for real time, as well as 24-7 emailing me questions. If you're at the piano and you have a question, is this... See augmented, just text me. I can answer in two seconds what could hold you up maybe for a week. So, yeah, I definitely assess where you're at. And again, uh, and I have over 5,000 arrangements. Every, everything from, you know, simple triads, for example, Misty with this is with three note chords. All the way to very complex jazz, right? I will get back to the. Uh, Original question from Jeanette, I believe, on improv. I haven't forgotten about you. So, yeah, it's all depending on where you're at. But I find that most students who studied, unless they study with a jazz teacher, really don't know all their chords. And that's, that's a very expeditious way of learning how to play. All right. I want to talk to you more later. <laughs> yeah, please. Please email me. Go to blindpianolessons.com uh, or you can call me. Absolutely, yeah. I'm, I'm very interested in you know, what you want to learn. But also, I can show you some more of these patterns. You know, one is called it's called the circle of fifths. Has anyone ever heard of the circle of fifths? I know I didn't for years. <laughs> Basically, circle of fifths describes chord movement. Okay, chords move typically down five-letter names. So, um, Jeanette or someone could give me a give me a starting chord. I'll play "Fly Me to the Moon." Any starting chord, any starting chord. 
Anybody? <laughs> Go ahead, Jeanette. D. D dog. D is in dog. D as in dog. Thank you. Okay, so if you know your circle of this, D goes to G, which is D. D goes to G girl. So it's D. I don't. I don't. I've never played in this key. I played in a different key. So here we go. D goes to G. Goes to C. Goes to F. Goes to B flat. And then the circle breaks by half step, and then does another five chords. Okay, so that entire song, Jeanette, and all the other listeners, is circle of physics for three spots. I can remember the three spots that don't move by circle. I cannot remember, you know, 100 seemingly arbitrary notes. So it's very powerful. I was, if I was to teach any student, new student one lesson, I would teach them a circle of this. It's that powerful. So that's how you can memorize music in minutes, but you got to have a circle of fifths like your name. If you go on the internet, you'll see a hundred videos. There's a circle. Do you go clockwise, counterclockwise? Basically, the circle of fifths, it goes C to F. And then the next four spell the word bead, as in jewelry, bead, B-E-A-D, flat, B flat, E flat. Okay, so these are little tricks, if you will, that you don't really, you don't get with a classical teacher. And uh, that's, again, the key to memorizing, understanding music. It's a language, but you don't get to the language level by dots on a page. You just don't. So. I don't know if that answered your question. But basically, that's one of the five, uh, you know, how shall I say, rules or theories or patterns in music, right? It's called the circle of fifths. And again, I couldn't play a song from memory at age 23, and now I can memorize a song literally in minutes. There's another one, for example. This is. Um, and then when you finish that, we have two. Oh, never mind. Somebody, somebody um, muted. I mean, um, they did lower their hand, but we do still have another hand up. But you go ahead first. Okay. Yeah. Just very quickly, uh, this is a song. Try to remember. This is two patterns. The entire song is. First pattern is called one six two five. One six two to five. One to six to two to five. The bridge is all circle of fifths. So if I can spell bead, I can thank my second grade teacher. Here we go. Here's E as in Edward. E A as in bead. E A D G C to B flat. Okay. There's two patterns in that song. So if the classical pianist were to play that song and read all these dots, it'd be, let's say, 100 notes for sake of argument. The amateur jazz piano student, maybe 12 chords. The professional looks at that and goes, oh, it's one, the pattern 1625, which I've known for 30 years. And then the circle of fifths, which I can spell bead. Wow. I mean, that's, that's very powerful. So when I perform this in, at the club I play at, I'll start it in the key of B, then I'll modulate maybe to C and then D flat. The point being, if I stop playing tomorrow, I could play that song because I'm familiar with the two patterns in that song. And again, we learn by patterns, right? So it's, it's extremely powerful, and yet very few teachers understand it. A lot of, I get a lot of classical teachers or students, and they'll say, oh, that's where you play the scale of C, Charlie C. And you go up five letters and you add a sharp, G girl. Go up another five. No, that's not the true circle of fifths. That's just a little trick on how to remember your scales, how many sharps are in a scale. So, again, it's, um, you know, I have to 
say I was very blessed to find a great jazz piano teacher at age 20. So, all right, we have two hands. Two hands. All right, great. So, we, yeah, we'll we'll have Lisa and then um, we'll have Monica. Okay. Hi, Lisa. Hello, how are you? Um, Awesome, awesome, awesome call. I purchased a keyboard not knowing a darn thing about how to play. So I am so excited to meet you (laughs) and very excited. So I just want to know, do you work with people that have absolutely no knowledge of what's going on? Thank you for that. That's very, very kind of you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I, in a way, I, pr- I prefer that because they don't have any bad habits. My daughter, who's 20, is building my websites, the new one, two new ones, one-handed piano lessons and then blind. Okay. And if, if you go on there, you'll see one of the options is absolute beginner. So absolutely. And um, uh, yes, the answer okay. is okay, yes. Okay, <laughs> great. And you will be giving out the website and everything at the end of the call, right? I'll so give it out. Get all, all the information. Yeah. Okay. Thank all right. You. Great. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. This is yeah. awesome. I am really excited because my little keyboard was collecting dust. All right. Have a good day. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> they did a survey of adults in America and they asked them what one thing you always wanted to do. And they didn't say they didn't prompt it with prompt it with sports, theater, music. But number one answer, play the piano. So um, it's it's great therapy. It's it's uh, and, you know, when they discovered that, well, I'll just be honest. Playing the piano uses more parts of the brain than any other activity. It's much better for you than Sudoku or crossword puzzles because you got the muscle memory, you got the visual, you got the oral, right? So once they prove that this thwarts Alzheimer's, I'll be in the money, right? <laughs> Half kidding, but it's it's a great, a great, great joy to play the piano. So thank you for that question and, and compliment. Appreciate that. <laughs> Monica, you're next. Hi, Mark. Um, Hi. I really appreciate this call. I had a question for you. Do you have you heard of the Nashville number system? Oh, yes. And how Thank different you. is that than I'm just curious because a lot of people reference it and I'm like, huh. I get it. No, I'm I'm so glad you asked that because okay, so I'll get a, go a little deeper here. Uh so the the key of C major, the scale for C major, is all white notes. Pretty much anyone who's played before knows that. Okay, so what we can do, and this is completely related to your question, is we can build a chord on each of those seven different notes. So if we built a chord on the C note, or the first note of the scale, that's a major chord, and that's called the one chord. And if we built a chord on the second note of the scale... That's a two chord, right? That's the, it's a minor chord. You can kind of hear how it's more sinister. If we built a chord on the third note of the scale, it's also minor. So to answer your question, I call it the Roman numeral. Basically, the coolest thing in the world is that no matter what key you play a song in, the one chord and the four chord and the five chord are always major. And then two times three is six. Two, the two chord, the three chord, and the six chord are always minor. So as a musician in Nashville, or really anyone who knows what they're doing, we can reduce songs into patterns. For example, try to remember is one, six, two, five. That's the progression of that song. So if a singer comes in and says, you know what? Uh, my, my voice is a little bit off today. I want to sing it a little bit lower. Well, here's, here it is in the key of C. I'm thinking one, six, two, two to five. Now, because of my drills and my knowledge that I teach my students, I know that one, when I say one, I know it's a major. When I say six, I know it's a minor, universally, no matter what key I'm in. So if I want to play that in, I don't know, 
B flat. One, six, two, it's a five. So absolutely, that's that's one of the five patterns that are in music. One, six, two, five. Very briefly, the following songs use that. I made a list. Today, try to remember more, right? Let's see, more. Right? Uh, let's see. Can't help loving that man. You send me. All right, you're saving all my love. Oops, <laughs> I'm a little bit nervous here. Almost every song in the 50s uses one, six, two, five. That's the second most common progression in music. So that's, that's what you're talking about. So basically it reduces or shows the patterns harmonically of songs. Here's another one. connection i'm just thinking one six two five and because i know my scales i can picture what's the first note of that scale the sixth note okay everything really does come back to the scales but they're not for dexterity they're for can you see the notes of the a scale okay i can see that i can see the five chord i know five is a certain quality so it's again it's one of the five uh, patterns in music. It's a progression called one, six, two, five. And that's what they do in Nashville. Yeah. They just, okay, pick a key. This is the progression. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. That's a good question. I love the questions. I don't know if I can answer them all, but I do love them. <laughs> so yeah, that's one of the patterns. Uh, drop the pinky is another one. Uh, two, five, one progression. Misty, the song Misty, quintessential jazz ballad is almost all two five ones. Again, when I say two, I'm thinking, okay, that's the second chord in the key I'm in. If I'm in C, the two chord is D, and I know it's minor. So it's D, two, five, and then there's one. Two, five, one. Okay, two, five. Misty's a bunch of two five ones. Most jazz tunes are two five ones. For example, Satin Doll is two, five, Two, five. Right? But what I love about teaching visually impaired students is I'm looking for not only drop the pinky, but there's a way to play the two five progression without jumping. Right? Because what, what's hard about playing the piano? Jumping around. So there's a progression called two five, and basically you just move one finger. can't get any easier than that right there's different ways you can jump around or you can do this minimal movement so i i love the challenge of okay this student's got a great ear but maybe they don't want to jump around so easily because of their vision okay well here's two five by moving just one finger that's pretty powerful right so it's that it's it's all about for me how do i get that student to be playing a biggest big sound you know, as soon as possible, but it's not rote. You're going to understand this is a two chord. Okay, two is always minor. Okay, I'm going to understand. You're going to understand it. It's not just giving you a fish. I want to teach you how to fish, right? And then you ultimately, I would love to show everyone how to you know add nines, add color. Right? Here's Misty Basic. Here's with ninths. Here's with some quartal voicings. Lots of color, right? little bit of improv
So that to me is a really exciting part where you make a piece, a song, really your own. When you understand you can add a ninth to every chord, you can do an 11 with dominance, right? This is perhaps a little over people's head, but the bottom line is when I play Misty, I mean, it's not something I bought the music. I figured out what do I like to play here? Wow. Sharp 11s. Here's a drop the pinky. Okay, so when you understand chords, I call it the three C's. Chords plus concepts equal creativity. How many chords do you need? If you get all your triads, 60 in the first lesson or two, you can play hundreds of songs. Then we go to four note chords. It's a very logical progression, but, you know, music is music. Yeah, music is very logical, but you've got to be shown it. <laughs> it's not dots on a page. It's just chords being broken up or played simultaneously. Any questions out there? <laughs> Not at the moment. Not at the moment. Okay. Yeah. So, so we talked about drop the pinky. Let me see what else. I have some notes here. Oh, so let me talk about some of the ways that I teach visually impaired. Um, where do I start? Well, I have some audio files where I just talk through the melody. So this is a uh, chim chim tree. It's a drop the pinky technique. I call it four minors in a row. And then the audio file literally talks about the chords and I talk about the melody. I'll literally say on the audio file, E, B, 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 nice and slow. And then B, 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 and then B, C, B, A, right? That's one uh, uh, way that I can teach visually impaired. The other is I have what I call text files where I'll actually type out the letters, E, B, 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 well, in a PDF form or perhaps a Word document. Um, and I just learned recently, I think, I'm not sure if JAWS or VoiceOver can distinguish between uh, a capital letter and a lowercase letter, but I think some programs can do that. So I'm developing my own uh, Braille music notation, so to speak, because uh, believe it or not, Louis Braille was a cellist and an organist. And I'm like, why is it so difficult compared with, why is it apples and oranges? That's my understanding, Braille versus music Braille. So I'm developing my own system there, whereby the capital letter would be a quarter note, lowercase letter would be an eighth note, etc. I mean, there's only seven different letters in the musical alphabet. Uh, there's got to be an easier way than musical Braille. So audio files, text files, um, also what I call alpha notes, where I put the name of the note, the, the name of the melody note, E, B, B, B. It's on a staff, like, quote, normal music, but the letter is within the note, so you don't necessarily have to read um, Every Good Boy Does Fine. You can actually see inside the note head, it'll say E, B, B, B. That's primarily more for, for obviously, low vision students, okay? But again, that challenge of, okay, what what is your forte? Is it its ear? Okay, if it's your ear, then we're going to do songs, obviously, that you love and can play by ear, um, and then we'll focus more on the chords. Or if the chords are pretty for you, but the melody is more difficult, then, you know, I'll help you through the audio file. I'll send you that or a text file, you know, but here's an example where the melody is very repetitive. Does it again. So that's, that's pretty, that's very repetitive. 
do it again. Now this is all circle of fifths. C, F, whoops, sorry. F, B flat, E flat. Here it comes to circle again, B flat. Okay, and then the bridge, same melody, but major. Again, it's dropping the pinky, but it's, it's a major, brighter sound. Happier. All right, here we go, circle, C, F, B flat, E flat. So I have all my students do their chord drills, a uh, couple lessons down the line, in the circle of fifths. So that becomes like their name, and um, they're able to see the patterns in music. It's amazing how many, uh, so much patterns. Even in Chopin, you've got circle of fifths. That's a C, F, to B flat, to E flat. Okay. I was a terrible memorizer. I could not play anything unless I played it a thousand times. And now I look at Chopin, I look at Bach, I look at Beethoven. It's all, it's all, it's all circle of fifths. Okay. Western civilization music from Bach to Beethoven to Brahms to Billy Joel. Okay. It's all circle of fifths. Now is the whole song circle? No, but 60, 70% of the song is circle. There's another one that's very, very uh, pattern. Uh, this is from Oliver. That's two five one. Two five one. Now this is all circle. D, G, C to F, B flat, E flat, A flat. Like seven in a row. <laughs> right. So as a teacher, as a performer, I mean, I haven't played that song in a couple of months. But I'm thinking conceptually, circle of fifths and two five ones. Back to the uh, lady's question about the Nashville system. So I don't know if I'm getting too deep here, but hopefully giving you a somewhat broad stroke, but some some specifics on on the way. You know, it's it's very our strength is our is our mind. We don't have eight hours a day to practice, but we can remember. This C, uh, circle of fifths, right? C to F, flat bead, G flat, regular bead, regular G, right? We can understand that the one and the four and the five chords are major, and two, three, and six are minor, right? And then, like, here's a song, uh, Loving You by Minnie Riverton. This is very diatonic, meaning it just goes right down the scale. This is the four chord to the three chord to the two chord the one chord that's all it is four it's all white notes very easy it's just four three two one right down the scale there we go so again that's what they call a diatonic or uh progression meaning Right down the scale. Four, three, two, one. And because we're in the key of C, it's all white notes. So that's a song that, at least chord-wise, I would teach the first lesson, basically. Right? If you like that tune. If you don't, I'll find another tune that you love and uh, is very patterned. <laughs> so if you go to my website, let me just... Pitch that for a moment. It's blind piano lessons. One word, blind piano lessons. 
Uh, I cannot believe, I was telling my daughter this, that after 25 years of the internet, no one has taken or, you know, made the website domain name Blind Piano Lessons. Uh, I think it's Providence. I cannot believe it. Uh, so I'm so excited because I have about you know, 12 to 15 blind students around the world. I have a new one. She's a lot. She just turned 12 in Ireland. Anyway, um, you know, I'm going to be calling a lot of the blind institutions. In fact, I have a podcast um, on Monday with the Royal National Institute for the Blind in England. I'm just, you know, I'm just so uh, elated. This is going to, I want this to be my legacy because again, there's nothing more rewarding than to bring music to people's lives who wouldn't ordinarily think they could play. And a lot of students tick when they were kids. A lot of my students tick when they, you know, why didn't I learn this then? Hey, I didn't learn any of this stuff until I jazz teacher at age 20. So um, it's not unusual. It's just, it's all about the teacher. And I was so blessed to find my you know, teacher. I used to play all the clubs in Chicago. Uh, if anyone's from Chicago, you know, um, Mr. Kelly, Shea Paree, he would, he actually accompanied Anita O'Day. He was just so inspirational. And I took two years of lessons with him. I would take an hour lesson every other week, take the train home from Hubei Champagne to Evanston. And uh, I remember my mom once saying, why are you doing all this? You know, it's a you know, train ride. You're, you're supposed to be, well, you can be down at school, partying or whatever. <laughs> Like, no, there's I just, you know, the, the sound just, just was completely a magnet for me. I just loved it, you know, and now I do what I love teaching students around the world. My biggest thing now is just get, get the word out there, <laughs> you know, because um, no one knows Mark Miller, but uh, I have, a, I think, a lot, lot to offer people. How do I say that? Humbly? I just said it. <laughs> Carrie, you must have a question. Come on. You're a piano player, right? Can she hear me? I don't even know. Who was who the name were you calling? Carrie. I was saying Carrie must have a question. She's a pianist, right? Are you a pianist, Carrie? I don't know if there's a Carrie on here. I'll look. Oh, I thought she was the host. Katie. Maybe she, Katie. Oh, oh, She's the Katie. streamer, and um, she and I are, and I'm the host, and we're not allowed to ask, so at least we'll oh, okay. get your email no address worries. and stuff and or whatever. No and. Worries. Yep. No worries. No, I just wasn't <laughs> sure if I got it right or wrong. I thought Carrie was the host. Was no, yeah. I'm the host. I'm Terry. And then. Got it. Okay. And yeah, then Katie is the streamer. Yes. Got it. But you can't ask any questions because you're on no. mission. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah. So I'll just maybe repeat the website. So it's blindpianolessons.com. Um, just fill out the contact page and I'll contact you via email or Skype or whatever. I teach over Skype, but I also teach over traditional phone lines. So you don't even need to be you know, computer literate, so to speak. Uh, my very first student actually was over the phone. Uh, this was 2001, 2001, 2002, spring of 2002, he was from England, and I was teaching him over the phone. He wasn't visually impaired, but I was teaching him over the phone, and I remember teaching him, I was... <laughs> on one of the expressways here in Chicago. And I'm like, no, that C dominant chord isn't quite correct. He's like, are you kidding me? You can hear that? <laughs> yeah. So I've, I've gotten a, a much better year, year over the years. Right. But back to my, my system, it's really, it's mainly based on theory, practical theory, circle of fifths, uh, the so-called Nashville number system, if you will, I call them Roman numerals. Um, I think a lot of what I know, a lot of, 
not teachers, but some teachers think, okay, the person, the student is blind or visually impaired, we got to focus just on the ear. Well, no, I would say not so much the ear, although the melodies it helps if you have a good ear, obviously, right? But this theory part, I don't think teachers stress that enough. Uh, it's, but it's not some abstract, pedantic theory. It's super practical, right? So I call it theory. I spell it T-H-E-A-R, as in ear training, T-H-E-A-R-Y. But the main emphasis is the circle of fifths, the Nashville number system, 251 uh, Did I miss any? Oh, diatonic movements. Right, here's another one that used right, it goes right up the scale. Just going the one, two, three, four chords. Just kind of the opposite of uh, Love and You. Love and You is four, three, two, one. This is one, two, three, four. Does it again. Does it again. Here's two, five. Okay. So as a teacher, again, I'm aggregating all these songs. This is diatonic, meaning right up the scale. This is circle of fifths. C, F, flat, B, D, G flat, B, E, A, D, G. This is two, five, one. Misty, killing me softly when the sunny gets blue. Here's one, six, two, five, one. Try to remember more. Can't help loving that man. You send me. Dream a little dream of me, the way you look tonight. What's forever for? Dream lover. Silhouettes. The list goes on and on. Blue moon. Reunited. All I have to do is dream. Wonderful world. What a wonderful world. So it's all about, it's all about the patterns and getting a big sound uh, you know, as, as quickly as possible because I think a lot of, there's a book, it's called um, How to Play the Piano Despite Years of Lessons. I love the title. And it's written by a French gentleman who came over to America and he saw all these pianos and all these homes, all these keyboards, and no one's playing them. And the preface or the, the you know, beginning of the book, basically the whole book talks about how most piano students study classically and they don't learn their chords or they might just learn. Okay. Well, that's, that's doesn't sound very good. That's it's just, it's not good. You know, it's not colorful. Right? So they don't really, they might learn some chords, but they don't apply them in songs, right? If you don't apply it, then it's like, well, why am I learning it, right? So, but yeah, how to play the piano despite years of lessons. So his whole basic philosophy is learn chords, which means you don't have to read any bass clef notes, right? You only have to read, quote unquote, the melody. One note in the right hand. Right? That's assuming you don't have an ear. A lot of students have a decent ear, right? So, yeah, how to play the piano despite years of lessons. Of course, the classical community didn't like that, but, you know, they're not out there performing at hotels and, you know, parties. Diane has her hand raised again. Sorry. Uh-oh. Are you there, Mark? I, th I think okay. I'm here. Can you hear yeah, me? There yeah, there you are. Yes. Diane has a message. I mean, I, I, I a question. I'm sorry. Sure. <laughs> so, um, go ahead, Diane. You talked about the um, doing like if you had a friend that wanted to learn too, could you? Sure. Do they have to be in the same place, or could you do it? No. Okay. No, no. In fact, uh, I've had this idea for years, and um, 
Have I ever done it? I, honestly, in all honesty, I haven't really done it. But no, they would not have to be in the same place, right? With Zoom. And it's like, well, why not, you know, share my knowledge with two people at the same time and reduce the hourly fee? So, yeah, I would love that. It's just more of a, it might be a little bit, you know, okay, we're at the same basic level. That's fine. It wouldn't necessarily have to be. It would be ideal, you know, but basically, you know, I can mute someone. Okay, now I'll go practice these chords and, and teach the other person. And, of course, they could always, you know, learn from each other, i.e. the Montessori method, right? So, yeah, I would love to do that. That would be great. Mm-hmm. Melinda has her hand raised. Thank you. Melinda, mm-hmm. you can unmute. Olga, there you are. I, I, I thought that you were talking to somebody else there for a minute. I'm like, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Olga, uh, I was wondering, uh, Mark, do you uh, teach lessons uh, primarily? During the week, or uh, sure. is uh, or 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 is the or is your schedule uh, flexible sure. every week or do, I do uh, weekend uh, lessons? Sure, yeah. Um, I used to teach it on Saturdays, but right now I basically teach twelve-hour days, Tuesdays and Wednesdays. So I'm up at I'm teaching as early as six p six a.m. Uh, Central Time. And I teach uh, as late as uh, 8 o'clock. I have a blind student in Tennessee, oh, when he's 14. So, yeah, basically um, 12-hour days, Tuesday, Wednesday. I do a lot of performing here in Chicago. I love arranging songs. You know, I have a new student who's left-hand only. I teach one-handed students. Uh, so I'm writing a lot of – not a lot. I'm writing some arrangements for a new student who's left-hand only. And I have – this is uh, Misty with right-hand only. Okay. Okay. So to answer your question, I really don't do the weekends because I play a lot on Friday nights and uh, I'm trying to spend a little time with my daughter, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, but we'll, we can definitely find a time, I think, um, Tuesdays and Wednesdays. And I probably, honestly, probably have to open up Thursdays because I'm planning on doing uh, some more of these, hopefully weekly. Um, and so I can. You know, okay. Spend... Well, I'll text you or email you. Okay. Check. Yeah, please. Tyson yeah. has hand raised. Thank you. Hey guys. Um, thanks for the call. And this is pretty interesting. I am, I am actually a, a, a college trained to theory and, and composition and stuff like that. So, so oh. like you're, 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 you're talking to me about like, you know, minor seconds and minor thirds, perfect fifth, perfect fourths, stuff like that. I, I know circle of fifths and then backwards a circle of fourths, but I'm actually a classically trained percussionist. Oh. Um, but, and I write a lot of, a lot of melodic percussion melodies. So my question for you is, um, because you started out by, by talking about that you had a, um, you know, melodies and then build the structural chords underneath at the foundationals. And, um, so first question is, do you sure. have any tips or tricks for learning the melodies, especially sure. with the ear? Secondly is when you start building your chords, your foundational chords underneath the melody, do you also teach inversions like your, like your second and third inversion? Or first and Great. second inversion, rather three six and or three five three 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 mm-hmm. six. Yeah, that's a great great questions. Thank you. Um, yeah, normally I teach uh, or yeah, mostly the all the time I teach I teach the triads, and then I go right to the four note chords. But if a student wants to be really thorough, I absolutely teach the inversions. And now that I'm doing more and more visually impaired students, those are critical. Okay, so for example. Perhaps you can follow this. If we if we do the progression one six two five, well, typically you know you would jump one six two five, 
But to your point, if we just take the C major triad, move the thumb up one white key, we get the sixth chord, but it's inverted. Again, minimal movement. We want minimal movement because then we can focus on the melody. And I'll get to your other part of the question. So basically, this is what really you know motivates me and, and makes me uh, uh, enjoy this part of the challenge. So if I do the one chord and I invert the six, I just have to move one finger, right? And if I go to the two chord, if I want the five, seven, I just move one finger. So, okay, that's a great little trick, but I also want, I also teach the students, you know, this is not just move your finger. This is really A minor in the, um, you know, six, three position or first inversion, right? So yeah, it's more and more critical, I find with visually impaired students to do the inversions, right? So I'm teaching Louise, my 10-year-old, you know, um, uh, my favorite things. And I was just thinking today, I'm like, okay, on the, on the second part, it goes circle C, F, B flat, E flat. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, what if I did an inversion on the C, C root position, did the F inverted, right? Just drop your finger basically. Now here's the B flat in root position. Do the inversion of the E flat. Now check this out. B flat inverted to the E flat, minimal movement. And then just move my pinky and I get the, wow, the A minor seven flat five. Those are the kind of things that really get me excited because you know, it's like, wow, to your point, inversions I find are really, really helpful with, you know, visually impaired, so to speak. And to your point about the melody, yes, um, it's very important. Like I have Louise or other students, okay, can you play Happy Birthday in the key of C? Well, obviously, not obviously, but C is all white notes. So therefore, if you play a black note, you're not really thinking, wait a minute, I'm in the key of C here, right? If I'm in the key of D, I'm... How many C naturals are in the key of D? None, right? So understanding and being able to visualize in your mind's eye the major scale, knowing the melodies are going to be basically, you know, with a few exceptions, diatonic, meaning all the notes are in their respective scale. So I'll have the student play Happy Birthday in C. And if they play a black note, I'm like, well, wait a minute. You're not really thinking. These are my, you know, so songs are in keys. I know you know this, but songs are in keys. And if you're in a certain key, these are the, the notes in that key. So that's obviously, I think, helpful melodically, right? Um, that's probably the best thing I can teach in terms of melodically. But basically, if you know the tune, right, that obviously helps. I mean, you can sing Happy Birthday if you can sing it. Although I was terrible ear-wise ear at age 20, right? But I have students who can hear it's going up, and others are like, I don't hear that, right? So I have them sing it right as they play it. Happy birthday to, is that going up to, there it is, you, right? Some can do it relatively easy. Others, it's not at all easy. So, but there's little tricks. And the most, the whole idea of the scale is the, mel the melodies are going to be part of those seven notes of the major scale, primarily. A couple here, accidentals here and there. So hopefully, but I love your questions. And yeah, inversions, very, very... Very, very uh, important, particularly when we want minimal movement for visually impaired. Yeah. Mark, um, cool. this Thank is Carrie, you. your host. I wanted to find out, You're welcome. Um, which I didn't get a chance to do, is to find out where, at what point in this do you want me to give you a time check? Sure. Well, that's fine. I think we have 10 minutes, but I could be wrong. It's uh, about nine minutes. Okay. Yeah, nine to eight no minutes. Okay, yeah, so no do you want me to give you a time check like about, or are you looking at the time as well, like about two minutes till or? 
Yeah, I'm looking at the time. Thank you. Okay, thank you. So, yeah, either way, yeah, thank you. Yeah, so that was a great question about the inversions, I think. To my point, if you go to blindpianolessons.com, the two things I stress are chords and minimal movement. And so for the neophyte, for the person who's never played before, basically we're, 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 we're playing a different chord, but we're not having to move very far. We're playing the sixth chord, but we're not jumping. We're simply moving one note and we're playing the same letters as A minor, same letters as a sixth chord, but just rearranging the order. And that's what the inversion is. So basically, if you have a C major triad, it's C, E, G, Charlie, Edward, girl, C, E, G. But if I were to play a different order, we play perhaps E, G, C, it's still a C chord, it's just what's called inverted. Right? Or if I did the G on the bottom, right? those are all C chords. So knowing that, right, I could do, for example, instead of jumping to the next chord, I could play right next door. There's another inversion. So again, it's still an F chord, but I didn't jump. I, have to, I didn't have to jump to an F. And someone who can't really see well, right? Jumping is really the most difficult. Even for someone fully sighted like myself, if I'm doing ragtime, right? That's, that's my total focus is on that left hand jumping. It's hard enough, you know, to be able to see it. So yeah, inversions uh, are very important. Very important. My la the last uh, male caller who um, asked the question, that's the, he, he went, I think you mentioned your degrees in theory composition. That was my degree at U of I too. But um, yeah, and so what I love the most is teaching students how to add color, how to insert harmonies, um, you know, fills. What do you do in the space, right? When you've got this, um, what are you going to do there? Well, right? that's what really elevates a student, perhaps, or player from B plus, you know, to A or A plus. What do you do in the space? Everyone plays the basic two, five, one, right? But what do you do in the space? Do you do... Um, arpeggio do you do a right hand fill do you do a scalar fill right all those different uh options on what to do in the quote space while you're holding a melody or holding a chord so um now we're coming close here but um hopefully i will be doing this next week if anyone wants to think about questions or please don't hesitate to go to my website i absolutely teach all levels and enjoy teaching um all levels <laughs> And uh, I'm happy to send you some you know, PDFs of my arrangements, uh, audio files, anything that will you know, give you some more information on how it works. But again, you know, just fill out the contact page. I'll get back to you via email. We'll set up a time to do the, um, you know, three 30 minute, no obligation. And again, buddy lessons, what else? Flex lessons. Um, most students take an hour every other week. I find a half an hour goes by so fast. If you come in as a student and you're prepared, that's 15 minutes of the 30, where if we do an hour every other week, you have plenty of time to practice. You come in prepared. We have 40, 45 minutes of things, new things to learn, and there's less pressure. Oh, my God, I got a lesson. Tyson oh has another um, question for you. Thank you, Tyson. So um, 
someone someone who's like maybe uh, a beginner to an intermediate range mm-hmm. um, that maybe have like a small space like an apartment or something like that mm-hmm. do you have any keyboard recommendations thank you yeah great I, yeah um i own about four keyboards i love roland i have a korg but lately i've purchased two uh, casios you know and years ago casio was a toy but they're really nice i mean i just played uh I just brought one up to my mom's in Door County, Wisconsin. It's very portable. It's got the built-in speaker. It's 76 note. Most of my other keyboards are 61. So I, I would, would not hesitate to, to recommend Casio for the money. Um, you know, we want something a little higher end. Yamaha, obviously I'm playing right now on a Yamaha Clavinova, which was my gift to myself when I was 55. That was, am I 55? Jeez. Yeah, I guess I am. Yeah, don't worry, I'm 53. <laughs> well, there you go. We have another yeah. hand raise. I guess it's Teresa. Real, real quickly, have a just, just to follow up, I'm, so, and I'm, I'm sorry. To I'm sorry, uh, go do, ahead. You have a, do you have a model number for that Casio? Sure. Uh, and I don't know that they make this exactly. This is probably six or seven years old at least, but it's W as in William, K as in Kraft, she's hyphen 3300. Okay, so again, it's Got it. Yeah, Thank you. Fair. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for the question. Okay, and 571 area code. Five seven one. That must be uh, Ghana or France. Where is that? Hello, Virginia. Hello there. Thank you. This Hi. is uh, P- Pam. Pam from Virginia. How are you? Good, Pam. How are you? Pretty good. Um, I like to. Um, when you were talking earlier about about uh, like you on a major C chord and you moved over uh, just one note to have yeah. a minor and then another note to have augmented. Did you mean move all your fingers over one note? Good question. No, it's actually just one finger. So here's C major. And then if you just move your middle finger down a half step to the left, to the black note, that's now mm-hmm. it's a minor. And so everything. Oh, okay. have, yeah. Yeah. So I have all the students, you know, get their majors, like their name, C major. Just move the thumb. This is left hand. Move your thumb to the right up a half step and you get augmented. Right. Uh, oh, and if you okay. move, yeah. And if you move your middle finger up a half a step, that's um, sus four. Oh, I should, thank, yeah, I should you. thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, I should mention to everyone, um, please, if you go to my website, blind, um, you know, blindpianolessons.com, I have my main website is piano web, one word, pianoweb.com. My point is on piano web, I think there's a, a link on the bottom of blind piano lessons, but piano web, one word, pianoweb.com, um, I've got a drop down menu called learning resources. So you can go there and learn all about this stuff without even having to, you know, sign up for lessons, so to speak. Also, lastly, because I know we're running out of time, if you go to YouTube and type in my YouTube channel, it's Piano Web Man, one word, Piano Web Man. I've got about 40 free for the viewing instructional podcasts that are public. I forgot to mention that. So you can get a really good sense uh, and, you know, without having to sign up for lessons per se, or, you know, just to see how it works. But lastly, you know, a lot of students of mine are like, well, do you sell videos? I do sell videos only, but no matter how good the videos are, you're probably going to have a few questions. So to me, the best of both worlds is sign up for some real-time lessons. I'm going to throw in three or four, whatever, ton, tons, not tons, plenty of, plenty of instructional videos. By the way, they're a link in an email. So you just open your email, you click on the link, and you can watch that video 24-7. And um, so there's a lot of added value. That's my point. It's not just the real-time. So the best, really the best value, I think, is the real-time lesson 
either one an hour every other week or whatever you decide. And then I send you all of these links uh, that you can watch 24-7. This has been really great. Thank you, everyone, for, for your attention and your interest and your compliments. I really appreciate it. Please don't hesitate to contact me. There's no obligation. Okay. Uh, you know, it's month by month. You sign up for lessons. If I don't motivate you, I'm out of business. This is my passion, but um, I think you'll find it to be quite enlightening and um, fun. We'll have some fun. Let's play some music.